0: This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G O M O T
1: O.com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Friday, May 6, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Dealership groups flex their digital arms, GM's battery materials chain gets a little closer, and an EV startup struggles to ramp up. Also, the cyber threat coming through the EV plug a little later in the show. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Executives at the nation's major public dealership groups said last month that their companies continue to advance digital auto sales, with some selling thousands of vehicles through their own branded platforms just in the first quarter. Group One Automotive disclosed that it sold 5,800 vehicles in the U.S. through its Acceleride platform from January through March, tallying 9.6% of the group's U.S. retail sales. Asbury Automotive Group shared that its Clicklane tool handled more than 5,600 vehicle sales in the first three months of the year, with March being its best yet. As dealership groups expand to cover ever more of the U.S., online sales are seen as pivotal to serving a truly national market. Consider this example. Lithia Motors' driveway platform handled 3,100 vehicle transactions in March alone, achieving what CEO Brian DeBoer described as an annual run rate of 37,000. Just checking my list of the top 150 auto dealership groups in the U.S., which Automotive News published last month, that rate would slot driveway alone in the top 15. An interesting deal announced yesterday in the battery materials space that may bode well for General Motors. Mining giant Glencore is investing $200 million in lithium-ion battery recycling firm Lifecycle Holdings Corp. What's that got to do with GM. Glencore last month signed a deal to supply the Detroit automaker with Cobalt for its Ultium batteries, and Lifecycle is GM's recycling partner at the sprawling Ultium battery plant being built in Warren, Ohio. Lifecycle CEO A.J. Kohar did not mention GM in a statement about the deal, but he said that bringing the complementary capabilities of Glencore and Lycycle together will, quote, accelerate the path to a circular economy for critical materials in the lithium-ion battery supply chain. From the Making Cars is not easy as it Looks" file, Lucid Group delivered just 360 air sedans in the first quarter and said it will increase vehicle pricing next month. The California EV startup continues to struggle with supply chain shortages and rising costs, but the company said it will not raise prices on current reservation holders. Lucid has a backlog of 30,000 vehicle orders. CEO Peter Rawlinson said Lucid is making progress this quarter, delivering more than 300 vehicles just in April. Total production in the first quarter was 700 cars, Lucid said. Rawlinson reiterated full-year production guidance of 12,000 to 14,000 air sedans. The company had originally planned to make 20,000 cars this year, but then it faced the shortage of semiconductors as well as quality issues with basic parts light glass and carpet. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up, hackers, iEV chargers, who's most at risk? Stay tuned after this. Listen to Fred Hayes,
0: service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over, where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before Moto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the Moto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue? Improve the customer experience? And maximize service efficiency, just like Temecula Valley. Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. As electric vehicles pick up steam worldwide, EV charging stations are emerging as an enticing target for hackers. Yoav Levy, CEO of Upstream Security an Israeli provider of automotive cybersecurity platforms, warns that because chargers are connected to the electricity grid and to vehicles, they create a new class of widespread entry points for hackers looking for ways to make money. Our John Irwin reports that this represents a new stage in the hacking of autos, from somewhat helpful white hat hackers showing automakers where they need to improve to potentially bad actors looking to ransom business assets for profit. For more on the story, I called up John. John Irwin, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me, Jamie. You have an interesting story uh, online right now about hackers targeting charging stations. I mean, is that really a thing? Uh, Why are EV chargers attractive targets for hackers? We're seeing more hackers target uh, chargers around the world. A
0: couple high profile examples lately uh, in the UK uh, where chargers were targeted by hackers uh to display pornography um on a few stations at the isle of Wight uh in russia uh, we've seen pro-ukraine anti-russia uh protesters uh target ev chargers disabling them and displaying uh, anti-putin messages and that sort of thing those are a couple high profile examples lately of hackers you know breaking into ev chargers and moving forward uh i was talking with Upstream security, an Israeli automotive cybersecurity outfit, and they expect uh, EV chargers to be a, a massive target moving forward for hackers. Considering you know they're connected to uh, the vehicle, they're connected to uh, the electrical grid, uh, EV fleets, they're connected to all sorts of things, uh, which in the end makes it uh, them potential targets. Just considering. Uh, There there are so many potential routes for
1: hackers to to choose to try to make some money, which is the end goal in the end for most of these hackers. Because some of those uh, early high-profile cases you mentioned seem more political or just a a stunt to show it can be done, Uh, but of course the point is, ultimately someone's going to do it and hold something hostage, whether it's the charger or the car or the grid, Um, what what kinds of targets are the most likely? Where, where are they likely to be, uh, be aiming their uh, nefarious deeds? EV fleets seem to be
0: a prime target, just considering there are so many uh, important fleets out there. I mean, uh, considering you know, if you're a delivery company and it's Christmas time, you have so many deliveries you need to ship out everywhere. If all of a sudden you have your electric fleet, you can't charge it uh, because of a cyber attack and uh, ransomware all of a sudden uh, you might be in a be put in a bad position um, uh, there that might be an attractive target for hackers versus an individual um, an individual who might be charging their EV at home you know if they can't have access to their home charger that might be inconvenient but they might have a second gas powered car or they can just you know go to the Uh, Parking lot nearby that has a charger station. Um, uh, So fleets seem to be a major target. Just again, because that's where the money is. Um, And again, uh, it could be a national security threat as well, considering uh, all these chargers are connected, of course, to the electrical grid. Uh, You have, uh, you know, again, political actors might view that as a potential entryway into um, attacking the grid itself, versus um, preventing charging and that sort of thing. So. Uh, those seem to be the major uh, avenues that hackers might explore moving forward, you know, the larger yeah, like, the target. Uh,
1: yeah, like you said, uh, the if it's a business, especially one that's particularly vulnerable, uh, that could uh, certainly be a more attractive target. There's only so much money you can squeeze out of an individual, um, you know unless it's elon musk right and uh <laughs> and so but but if you could mess with some an entire company especially at a pivotal point in time uh that could be something where hackers could really extract a, a lot of damage so what's what's going on more broadly with uh cyber i mean we we see it in a number of ways around the auto industry around you know E-commerce, and commerce, as we call it in America. Um, what's what's what else is going on? We're seeing remote hacks
0: uh, being you know more and more prominent. You know, back in the day, uh, hackers might have you know attacked a, a vehicle by you know just plugging into the USB port or something like that. Uh, whereas Upstream, uh, citing a report that they had recently published, uh, they found that. Uh, the vast majority more than 80 percent of attacks nowadays are done remotely and that number is only going to grow uh if you don't actually be physically where you need to be uh to you know hack into something obviously that just makes it easier for the hacker if they're able to do that Um, we're also seeing a rise in black hat actors meaning those that uh you know are hackers that are looking to make some money nefarious actors versus white hack white hack attacks which are those done you know, by cybersecurity firms, by companies themselves to try to find some vulnerabilities in their systems. Um, uh, recently, the number of black hat actors has surpassed white hat according to uh, upstream security. So uh, that's something that uh, just sort of, again, indicates just how uh, how much of an issue this is going to be for automakers and for EV uh, charger makers and uh, everyone else involved in this supply chain moving forward, just because Uh, the number of bad actors in the space only seems to be growing.
1: Yeah, it definitely uh, is a significant change, right? A lot of it, uh, a lot of the hacking in autos came to light largely in 2015 when there were some academics who hacked the uh, Jeep Cherokee. But like you said, they had to have possession of it. They, you know, stuck the dongle in the OBD. You know, there's a limited, limited number of people who can, pull off a scam using that needs that kind of hands-on uh, approach. But if you can get at it remotely, um, you know, whether it's getting two vehicles through chargers or just messing with the chargers themselves, that can be a, a big uh, pain point for, for any number of, of people. And now we're getting to those, uh, yeah, for-profit ne'er-do-wells, not just those trying to help solve problems, yeah. So this is going to be a topic that, uh, that comes up at Ecomotion, right? You said Upstream is presenting there? Yeah, it, they'll be there at Ecomotion, which is, uh, of course, conference, uh,
0: annual conference in Israel, bringing together all sorts of startups um, together with uh, those in government, established players in the industry. Um, they'll be held next week, May 9th through 12th in Tel Aviv. Uh, that will be a big topic of discussion, I'm sure, on top of everything else going on in the industry. You know, it's, it's such a, uh, a period of rapid change. Uh,
1: and, uh, I'm sure there will be some exciting announcements coming out of there next week. Yeah, right. You were you were the only guy from our staff who actually made it to CES in January. And, you know, a lot of people didn't go not only from our staff, but throughout the industry because uh, we were having an Omicron surge of uh, the COVID-19, uh, the, of the coronavirus at that time. Now, uh, I'm not sure how things are in Israel. Of course, here in the U.S., uh, things were calming down a little maybe a little bit of a surge again now but you know the idea to have a big global tech conference you know with speakers from you know gm and ford and gen therm and just all these uh, companies i'm sorry hyundai i'm not sure if ford is there this year I, I saw hyundai for sure i know bill ford was there last time uh it's you know it'll be uh a, you know a lot of like we've seen at nada and other events people are really excited to get the industry back together again i'm sure this will be another one of those yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's good to see some of these events returning. I know there was a lot of questions
0: about whether that would be the case moving forward, if the things would just be all virtual all the time, even um, as things calmed down a bit. Uh, but it seems like people are eager to get back together
1: um, in person, especially these startups uh, in the automotive space, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hybrid events may have uh, some value going forward uh, because not everybody wants to travel all the time. And, there's you know, we can do amazing things with video. But that human connection is certainly uh, super valuable. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate your reporting on this uh, story and uh, look forward to seeing what comes next. Thanks, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on EV charging, cybersecurity, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News Multimedia team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your workday routine. Have a good weekend until Monday when we all get back to work.